0: This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL.
1: Hello, hello, and welcome to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Nick Berlanski, and as always, I'm joined by Nick Horwat as we talk about the Pittsburgh Penguins, because that's what we do. Unfortunately, though, since our last episode, not a single game has been played by the boys in black and gold. They will face off later tonight against the Boston Bruins in the second half of what for the Penguins was an extended home-and-home with the Boston Bruins, of course, falling to them on Saturday 2-1 2-1 to one at TD Garden, and now they'll take them on at PPG Paints Arena later this evening. So what we're going to do for this episode, considering there's no game action, we're going to go into the Penguins practice lines because they finally had a full complement of skaters. We'll talk about what their lineup looked like with that. We'll talk about this announcement of their new jersey sponsor, and then we'll also have our 3M segment. It's a segment, if you're new to the show, that we usually do a little bit earlier in the season. It's called Must Sign, Maybe Sign, Move On from the brain of Nick Horwat. And what we do is we look at the upcoming free agents and give them one of those monikers, whether the Penguins must sign them, maybe they should sign them, or they should just move on from them.
0: I think we did an impromptu one of these real quickly uh, a couple months ago, mm-hmm. but it wasn't in depth or in detail, and we've had moves since then. So yeah, uh, I remember doing a real short one because I think we were discussing stuff like Latang and Malkin, which mm-hmm. will become another... Talking point in this episode. Yeah. So the thing is,
1: this will be the largest 3M segment that we have ever had. I mean, this is only the third year that we've been doing the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, but there has never been this just many, and not not just this many, but this many really big important. names and important names of the Penguins yeah. lineup. So we will get to that in segment number two, and of course we'll finish it with shout-outs and call-outs, because that's just what we do on our Thursday episodes. But let's start here. The Penguins practiced on Tuesday and Wednesday of this week. They had a Sunday and Monday off of the ice, or it was really optional on Monday as well. But nonetheless, they get out there on Tuesday, they get their full complement of skaters, and according to, I'm pulling up the one from Mike DeFabo, just because that one was the easiest one for me to find. Here is the lineup that they were able to have. Of course, Gino still out with one more game to serve of his suspension, but these were the lines at practice, including Evgeny Malkin. Gensel, Crosby, Raquel stuck together. Zucker, Malkin, Rust as the second line. This is basically what we predicted so far on Monday's episode. But then, get a little bit lower, Heinen, Carter, Kapanen as the third line, and the fourth line of practice was Evan Rodriguez, Teddy Bluger, Brock McGinn with Brian Boyle cycling in as the 13th forward. Let's start
0: with just the forwards here. Horwath, what do you think of this lineup? I can get behind this forward group. I can fully support this forward lineup. It's got... Crosby, Gensel, Raquel, which we discussed last episode as needing to stay together. And then we discussed the reasons why Malk and Rustin Zucker should work out pretty well, too. They're all three, all six of these guys can complement each other. They can work out very well, and they've already had a little bit of success. in Heinen, Carter, and Kapanen. You know, we've seen Heinen get less and less playing time over the last few games, but in his limited minutes, what is he doing? He's beginning to produce. Mm Mm-hmm. What, three-game goal streak now? Yes. Yeah, I'd say that's pretty well worth it, and I'm not saying he's fully earned his right back into uh, a good amount of minutes, but, hey, goal scoring can give you more minutes, and that's exactly what he's doing. So putting him on the third line with Carter is fun. Mm-hmm. Kapanen, I mean... We have one of two missing posters uh, with his face on it, and the other one goes to Rodriguez, who's on the fourth line, right where he should be, Mm -hmm. swapping, or no, with Bluger and then McGinn swapping it now with Boyle. Uh, In that situation, if it's McGinn and Boyle, yes, Boyle is the 13th man out. You're not scratching McGinn, uh, unless he's hurt still, but I don't believe he is, so... Uh, Yeah, this is a forward group I can get behind. I told uh, told you and Dougie that... I'm fully okay with Brian Boyle getting the scratch now. I may not have been a couple weeks ago or a month ago, um, but looking at Boyle's numbers, I I mean, he's already played twice as much as I expected him to this entire season. Mm -hmm. I think it's not that he's run his limit. It's just that he's done his job. He doesn't need to do anything else, but if he has to, he will, and that's perfectly okay. I think he's succeeded this season. He's proven that he still has legs. I don't know if he'll still have legs for one more season. I mean if he gets the glory it's I'd say that's it. Hang it up. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. um you know, let's say he doesn't. I mean he might still have the legs for one more team to give him one more shot. So that's I like this forward group a lot. When you mentioned Danton Heinen and saying, I don't know if he has
1: earned his right back into his full complement of minutes, I don't even know why they were taken away from him to begin with. Yeah. I understand he's a streaky scorer, but as uh, Danny Shirey Irving of DK Pittsburgh Sports posted a couple days ago, which is a nice part about this little drought, as we get a lot of people digging into the minutia and the stats of the season so far to get a clearer picture of the players we have in front of us, he posted the fact that Danton Heinen does not score on the power play because Danton Heinen doesn't play on the power play. So at 5-on-5, he has the second most goals on the Pittsburgh Penguins. That's ridiculous. And then to think about the fact that he was demoted to the fourth line, there were games a couple weeks ago where he was playing four minutes, six minutes of ice time. This is a guy that you need to put him with skilled players, and you need to give him his full complement of minutes, which I understand is all 5-on-5 time, which can only be 10 to maybe... 15 minutes at most in a game. If, if he gets 15 minutes, that'll be ridiculous, like crazy. But realistically, Danton Heinen never, in my opinion, played bad enough to be demoted to the fourth line. So I didn't understand it. Of course, Mike Sullivan does things in mysterious ways and it has turned out for the better because Heinen has came out on the under end of it with three straight goals and three straight games and now setting a new career high with 17 goals, potentially, you know, pacing himself out and paying himself out of Pittsburgh. We'll talk about that in the second segment. But realistically, I I like this lineup a lot. I think there's a lot of scoring potential on all four lines. Boyle being out, yeah, it's kind of a gut punch to him because he's been so integral to this team for the longest time, and he's a really good penalty killer. But the way that they're using a guy like Brian Rust in a penalty-killing role, the fact that you do have Carter, Bluger, McGinn in the lineup, you can use Evan Rodriguez. We've seen Sidney Crosby kill some penalties They have plenty of penalty killers on this lineup, and the fact that they are the number two penalty kill in the league, I don't think losing Boyle is going to be that much of a detriment, and when you look at these playoff games coming up, you're going to need goals a lot more than you're going to need to prevent goals. I know you have a backup goalie in there, but with a full complement of defense, I don't think Boyle's attributes really overtake
0: his defaults when it comes to this lineup. And you you had mentioned the last episode as well, speed. You're going to need speed in the postseason. Not that uh, Rodriguez is the fastest, but he is much faster than Brian Boyle. So mm-hmm. uh, Brian Boyle just becomes odd man out, odd man out come playoffs, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like I said, he's already played twice as much as I would have expected him to, with 67 games. How many did I say? 63, I believe it was something S- like that. Something stupid. I, I didn't expect that. You know, I genuinely may have expected 20 to 30 with injuries and also let's just 63 let's just tell it like it is some this the penguins someone's gonna get hurt let's just be honest we're gonna see brian Boyle play in the playoffs (laughs) knock on wood that it's not anyone bad but someone's gonna get hurt eventually because it's the penguins it is this season Mm. and what exactly is a fully healthy lineup man and
1: here's the thing as well No matter if somebody gets hurt or even if everybody stays healthy and the Penguins don't have a good start to the first two games, Brian Boyle will be the first person that's brought in to shake things up. Yes, If something bad is happening, especially because Boyle has a scoring touch, it's just a matter of if you're taking the Florida Panthers, if you're going against the Carolina Hurricanes, even the New York Rangers to an extent, you're going to need more speed. And Boyle just doesn't give that. If he goes in, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not going to think he's going to do a bad job, but I just think a guy like Evan Rodriguez is a little bit more in line with what you need from a fourth-line guy, especially when you're looking for Teddy Bluger, Brock McGinn, and Evan Rodriguez to be able to attack those teams' fourth lines and get really good offensive opportunities. So let's let's stop talking about the offense for right now because we're going to have plenty of time to pick through this lineup as there's only about a week and a day left in the NHL's regular season. Let's talk a little bit about the defense before we move on to our next subject. Dumoulin back up with Chris Letang in this practice. Pedersen and Marino reunited as the second pairing. And Matheson take taken from the first pairing the whole way down to the third pairing and placed with Chad Ruedel. Mark Friedman is the odd man out. Of course, Nathan Beaulieu back in a full contact jersey is practicing, so they have a full fourth pairing at practice. Horwath. What do you think of Sullivan shaking up the D-core once again?
0: Is it really a shake-up if uh, it looks back to normal? If it sits back to the way it was I guess a long time? You,
1: I, I guess you're right because this was basically the lineup for four straight months for the Penguins this year.
0: Yeah, whenever only the forward core was getting injured to hell and back, it, the defense sat so steady. It sat with these six in these six spots. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a compliment to the defensive core for staying healthy and staying kind of consistent. Uh, to start with now it's a matter of they've lost their consistency since then we've seen Dumoulin just make egregious errors we've seen Patterson fall off the wagon mm-hmm. and we've seen Matheson just play very well the whole left side has just been you know kind of a gong show but so be it sometimes if if something can get these guys heads into place I would hope it's the postseason mm-hmm. you would hope Dumoulin uh, can straighten straighten his arrow for the postseason, you'd hope Pedersen can re-find his game for the postseason. You hope Madison can stay par for the course in the postseason on a third line. The great thing about sitting these lines back up the way they were for their consistent period, much like uh, Brian Boyle on the offense, you can make a quick change. Yeah, you can make the quick. All right, real fast. Dumlin's going down to second. Pedersen, you're going to three. Matheson get up with Letang. You can just do that real quick, and we've seen Mike Matheson do that before, or um, Mike Sullivan do something like that before. Yeah, he'll have no hesitation on swapping these guys around. So it's good that I would say it's good that they are back into their normal spots going into the postseason because that's the team you want to see. Mm-hmm. You want to see things look normal. Yeah, because you hope that's where the success lies, and I'm confident in that. I'm confident in Dumas refining his game because he. At least at one point could have been considered one of the best defensemen this team has ever seen, this franchise has ever seen. Mm-hmm. Defense, defensive defenseman. Not again, not Paul Coffey, Crystal Tang style, but just up there. Yeah, in the names, Pedersen, Marino. We've we saw work pretty decently a lot last year, um, and even uh, the year before. We know it can do stuff. Matheson Ruedel again Chad's earned his spot that's a ton of fun seeing Chad Ruedel in game in and game out another guy where you look at his game total and say he probably he probably played way more than I would have expected yeah but he's earned it and has done pretty well in that spot and with Ruedel too here's the thing a lot of people were giving him
1: flowers early on in the season for how well he had played in his first season basically a full-time Pittsburgh Penguin playing in every game as you mentioned and then there has been a little bit of a drop-off, but when you look at the fact that he's played with, okay, now it's Friedman tonight, now it's Pedersen tonight, now it's Matheson tonight, mixed with the fact that this is the first time that he has had to play in every game in an 82-game season, there's going to be a slight regression, and there's going to be a little bit of a, a moment where he gets gassed. He's we've He's a guy that we've been giving credit for being able to sit out for four months and then come in and play like he hasn't missed a beat in the four month layoff. So the fact that he is now adjusting to playing every single game, not to mention the fact that if you look at the penguins schedule leading up to this four day break, it was hellacious, not only in who they were playing, but how often they were playing. So I would expect Ruedel to be back where we expected him to be and where we saw him at early on in the season, after this break and heading into the postseason. I love Ruweedle there. The only thing that I I'm a little cautious about is taking out Mark Friedman because of what he can bring to a playoff series. The problem with that is, if you look at this defense now, I'm not putting Friedman on the second pairing. And that Pedersen is the guy that I would take out of the lineup for him. So there's no way that you put Friedman in unless you're completely jumbling these lines like they were the last week and a half with Dumoulin on the second pairing with Marino. That didn't work at all. That was an experiment that just did not work. So I'd like to see Friedman in there, but I just don't think he slots in unless it's in the third pairing and then you'd have to really change everything. So with this typical defense that we saw for three months on end there's no spot for Friedman but I do think if you switch things around you would be able to get him in the lineup but again then you're giving Dumlin Marino a shot where they really shouldn't get another one together you're putting Mathis in with Letang which yes they've both been good but that is a very mercurial Stary. line there where stuff can happen and go wrong very quickly and then you have Friedman with Ruedel which is great but do you do that at the expense of the rest of the lineup is the big
0: question yeah, it's hard. It is hard. It is difficult. It is a difficult decision. Mm-hmm. Um, but for what it is worth, I, no one's discussing the fact that Edel's having a career year in terms of games, points, goals, and goals. Hell yeah. What was he at? Three? Yeah, career high. Yep. 73, grand, 73 games crushes a career high, by the way. That's like 29 more. Yeah, 29 yeah. more than this former career high. By the way, all these career highs come with Pittsburgh. You got to remember, Buffalo did not respect this man. No. Um, yeah, thir- 44 games his former career high. He's crushing that with 73. Three goals is now a career high, beating out two, which he's done multiple times. Eight assists ties the career high in that 34-game season as well for 11 points, crushing, uh, beating his career high points. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I'd say that's not getting discussed enough, but at the same time, it's replacement player, but he's played 73 games. That's called an nhl my guy. <laughs> yeah, and we'll move on to the next segment here in just a second, but the one thing
1: that I just thought about, and this is something I'll have to dig deep into, maybe write an article on, uh, is the fact that there is only one defenseman on this screen right now that was drafted by the Pittsburgh Penguins.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, and there's not many in the minors that were drafted and or just originally signed by the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah, that's something I'm going to dive into, and if you want to dive into that yourself, uh, anybody listening to this, or even Horwath, uh I-, I encourage you to, and let me know what you find, because I am very intrigued about that entire thing. But let's move on to the next thing we want to talk about, and that is the Pittsburgh Penguins announcing that next season, the Highmark Blue Cross Blue Shield logo will be squarely on the right side of the chest, upper right side, I should say, of the chest of every Pittsburgh Penguin. They're going to be the first jersey sponsor for the Pittsburgh Penguins. This is something that we knew was coming. They announced that teams will be allowed to do this at the beginning of this season. That, you know, starting next year, this is what's going to happen. And you also knew this had to come after two seasons ago, whenever they started putting ads on the helmets as well. Of course, now it's Bold Penguin for home games, PPG for road games. But add to that the Highmark Blue Cross Blue Shield square patch on the right chest piece of every Pittsburgh Penguin <laughs> jersey. There was outrage, Horwath to this Outrage. to this announcement and there was even bet like there was a great announcement yesterday that nobody paid attention to which was amanda kessel coming to the pittsburgh penguins for one season to kind of fast track herself into nhl management that's a great storyline yet there was way more reaction to a single freaking chest piece patch that has the high mark logo on it first before we get into the high mark stuff because you have Plenty of great comments that we are going to go through here. Uh, also, please don't mention the name of anybody. No, uh, I figured no, no, no. you knew that already. But uh, before we get into that, just a quick round of applause and a quick stick tap to Amanda Kessel. Excited yes. that she's part of the Pittsburgh Penguins organization.
0: That's a t- that's an awesome thing to see. Uh, working her working her way into finding more NHL management jobs, mm-hmm. doing it for the women of sports. Like this is a huge thing that. Like, you mentioned, no one's really discussing it. The news was out there. It, mm-hmm. I, I did see it all day yesterday. It was a good thing to see. Um, but just the amount of backlash that came from a singular patch. Even more friends. Some of our friends didn't like it. Well, a lot of people just didn't like it. Yeah, it, it's okay not to like it. I I, I just, err I, on the side of... I, I just think care. it was a bit
1: overdone how much people didn't like it. People were posting the, the pictures of full like basically european hockey like, oh what's next it's like not much like the nhl is not gonna let them just absolutely sell out look at the nba they're doing the same thing
0: you barely even notice it it we don't go ahead and ask most people who made these comments what what is the logo on the side of the helmet this year
1: yeah <laughs> i forgot i don't even know what bold penguin is but i, I know think, it's bold penguin i think they're they're a clothing some company s-
0: no, I think there's an off, some sort of weird offshoot of PPG. So I oh. think it's like the same company they were able just to get their new logo on the home helmets. I mean, it looks better than the PPG. So it does. Yeah. Um. But anyway, yeah. For Amanda Castle, big shout out to you. That's an awesome, yeah. awesome stuff. And, and, and one last cool thing before we get do. into it too. Also,
1: not only is it good for you know women in hockey, it's it's very good for inclusivity. It's good for the Penguins. Like she is extremely talented, Olympic women's hockey player gold gold medalist medalist, and she's joining the penguins winning culture that's what you want bring in anybody i don't i I don't care if they're men women child well child's a little much but men or women bring in winners and amanda kessel is just that so congratulations to amanda congratulations to the penguins on a really good hire there
0: yeah that's awesome it's gonna help us so before we dig into these facebook and twitter comments just the patch is an hour what is your opinion on the patch because i don't care i do not care it is what it is
1: i mean to me it's it's nothing that's gonna really pique my interest past this episode honestly Uh, i'm gonna see it next year for the first time and be like okay and then i'll be like yeah that's an adjustment and by the second game i'll be like i forgot it was there
0: yeah forgot it was there don't care the Penguins have said to quite a few Facebook comments that uh, you will be that they will not be on the jerseys that you purchase yeah. for yourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so who gives a singular damn? You know who gives a damn? Everyone on the internet. So, a la Mikey and Big Bob style, uh, we're gonna read some Facebook and Twitter comments. I will not be reading names just because uh, anonymity is probably best whenever we are yes. going to be openly bashing you. Sorry, yes. fam, <coughs> but. Let's start, our, start off simple because, for this man, it is retros only for me, then. Enjoy your jersey revenue, NHL, because you won't see another, you won't see anything from me ever again with three trash can emojis. Well, we already debunked
1: that one. Yeah, you're so wallet.
0: Yeah, it's just wild stuff. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> this one. I no longer have a huge desire to buy Penguins jerseys. My wallet thanks you. <laughs> i also love how iphones capitalize jerseys for mm-hmm. you
1: yeah like well whoever whoever put that coding in must have been from new
0: jersey had to be neil villiano
1: snuck in there and said everybody's uh gonna have new
0: jersey stuff uh this twitter account with a with the not even the emoji smiley face the emoticon smiley face Ooh. or frowny face frowny face sorry end of an era in north america what what? Oh, end
1: of an era with non-ad jerseys. I, I understand that, but I mean, again, who cares? It's, hockey is always, sports have always been a business. It's just been a business that most people couldn't see blatantly on jerseys. But you know what? There's always been ads on the boards. Now there's ads that are literally graphicked onto the ice and changed every, honestly, every time the the camera comes off of it, They changes by the next time it's back on that spot so just
0: because it's on a jersey now it's an outrage so i just, they stopped yeah. labeling the ice with nhl playoffs because of those ads yes um i i did see a lot of people arguing about these about soccer jerseys having the having a big ad logo instead of a than, team logo um and that is my argument as well too i don't care if they're if they're a quote no commercials in soccer that that's not why that ad is there probably no it's because <laughs> they money. get paid more money Yes, it's because they're making a ton more money. They're getting a ton more viewers. Mm-hmm. And it's a worldwide thing. I don't I think the only time there aren't ads on soccer logos, and I could be wrong, I'll find out this Christmas, uh is the World Cup.
1: I uh, believe there still is.
0: I just can't remember now. That's I something just, to look back on. There are ads, but I don't think it's the actual logo. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, we continue. More Twitter comments. <laughs> gross i hope jersey sales plummet if these are on the market and not just in-game patches well guess what the jersey sales market won't yeah up, a lot what? of these are just people saying i
1: won't buy them if they have the patch and it's like first of all they're not gonna have them but second of all you don't have a friend that knows how to sew that can just take it off
0: yeah that too <laughs> uh are they going whenever it comes to uh sh- shirts off the back night are they gonna be wearing different jerseys again no they're it gonna it, stay authentic it's, it's going to stay authentic next year. And honestly, if you don't want one with the patch, guess what? It is
1: a privilege to get one of those jerseys off the back. Then just don't do it. Or again,
0: get somebody to, you know, unsew it off of there. I don't know. It's okay. It's just the beginning of the end. The Euro billboard look is not a good one. Open the door That that much pretty soon it will be kicked in. I read that one word for word.
1: Okay, I was about to say, I don't know if that was if that was your reading comprehension skills there. I was going to say we might have to get you to the PSATs once again. But nonetheless, if you're going to bash something, you might want to make sure it makes a little bit more Angry sense. Twitter fingers. Angry, yeah, and angry tweets can sometimes border on the
0: path of a five-year-old. Yeah. Uh, switching over to Facebook real quick because I want to try and do yeah, an order of this. Just a couple more. Alright, then I'll try and find the good one. There was a really good one, I thought. <laughs> yeah. Embarrassing and shameful. I'm just gonna I'll leave that one at that. Something about soccer jerseys. Because yeah. in Facebook comments, once it goes up past two, three lines, I'm not reading the whole thing. Yes. I'm not. Well, yeah, they they cause Facebook comments can be eighty paragraphs long. Yeah. Uh I'm all about capitalism, but to say you're proud to make this announcement is a joke. Alright. I mean they are proud, they're getting paid for it. They're getting that is what a lot of people said that's you know you're only here because it's you're getting paid for okay um all right so in uh, also the same day the penguins made this announcement the padres in baseball the san diego padres mm-hmm. uh tweeted out that they're gonna have a big motorola ad on the on their sleeve mm-hmm. sorry patch we should not be calling them an ad by the way they're a patch uh, they're just a patch that are giving the team money yeah um which is so, ad. calling him an ad is technically wrong, but. I yeah, guess also okay, not. technicalities. I don't know, whatever you want to say. Yeah. Um, according to whatever Twitter account this is, there wasn't a check mark, so I'm not going to add it, but there's clearly a picture of Manny Machado with a Motorola ad on his patch on his sleeve. Uh, gross. The Padres have the dubious distinction of being the first MLB team to announce their 2023 uniform advertiser. Helmet ads as well will come and will come in the 2022 postseason. I did not see that one coming, hmm. um, but yeah. So, and someone commented on the baseball one. Call me a purist, I guess. Absolutely hate and despise this. Uniforms have always been a, a sacrosanct, big word, symbol of the city and player, a team the players represent. No one should ever think that think that they're cheering for T Mobile or whomever else pays for that real estate on the uniform. Yeah. Listen, I've watched soccer for a number of years. I've never once cheered for uh, Chevy, Chevrolet, when it comes to Man United. I've never once cheered for AIG before then. Mm -hmm. Um, Just so interesting stuff. Such interesting stuff. that uh, A simple little patch has people just filling their diaper, wetting their pants, Mm -hmm. and this is the one I wanted to get behind. If you have an opinion on this, you should try going outside. It's a patch. Who cares? And I agree yeah. with that. Yeah. Everyone mad about this? Go touch grass, yes. please. Like this, you're getting mad at absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, coming out of a pandemic, especially in the sport of hockey, these teams need money. Mm-hmm. Sure, the sure the Penguins doing it is a little not ideal because. That they just sold for what it was, it like $700 million, $900 million? Yeah, that <laughs> and the whole uh, trying to collect during the pandemic doesn't help. But y- y- yeah. Regardless, it's not ideal what the Penguins did at first. I will say I won't get behind that. Not ideal. They weren't
1: the first, though. For
0: jersey patches, I think they were. They were right? not. Um, the oh. Washington Capitals a couple months ago announced that Caesar Sportsbook will be their jersey patch ad. I missed that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, where are those Facebook comments? Um, Nowhere, because nobody cared exactly but still yeah if you're mad at this uh sit back relax if you don't want to watch sports anymore because a patch you can't even see you, you know that's a, your own fault then you
1: weren't a fan to begin with if that's
0: all it takes to get you off the train yeah uh,
1: to be completely honest i mean to be blunt that's 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 you right i think
0: yeah it's it's so weird seeing people freak out over a little patch because again the nba has been doing this mm-hmm. the uh all of soccer has done this yeah. for a very long time. Baseball's going to pick up on it. People... Mm-hmm. I'll I think about pay, baseball purists. They got mad when the Nike logo got put on the front.
1: I was about to say the same thing. The Yankees fans went off when the Nike logo was getting put on the Yankees pinstripes. I, I mean, I understand baseball a little bit more. Like, there was never anything on the helmet for baseball. It was just the logo on the front. Yeah. So that's going to be a little different, at least for, like, hockey. It used to be the team's logo. Now it's just a, an ad, which okay, that's fine. It makes no difference to me. But, like, baseball will be a little bit more of an adjustment because there's just never been
0: anything on the side of their helmets. Yeah, baseball will be an adjustment, but it's a, just an adjustment. I mean, yeah, especially if they do it right, you won't notice it. And because here's, where it really should be is just at, at the neckline, basically. And here's the last thing I'm going to say on it, and then we'll cut to a break, come
1: back with our 3M segment. If you're mad about jersey stuff and ads on jerseys, just go to the NFL. They have so much money, they're not going to have to worry about doing that. But – We're going to take a quick break. When we return, 3Ms must sign, maybe sign, and move on for all of the Penguins' pending free agents. We'll be right back. Hockey fans, fuel the action on the ice like never before with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Right now, new customers can bet just $1 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still hit the ice for cold, hard cash. New customers can make their first deposit and play free for thousands with DraftKings daily fantasy hockey contests. Draft your lineup of 8 skaters and goalie and rack up points for goals, assists, saves and more. DraftKings is safe, secure and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NHL team to win, and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Welcome back to the tip of the iceberg podcast brought to you as always by the hockey podcast network. Horwat. Oh, we have our work cut out for us in this segment. There are so many names on this and I did put a little caveat and we'll talk very briefly about some of the minor leaguers because there's a lot of them right now in the AHL at Wilkes-Barre who are trying to clinch a playoff spot that will need to have their contracts renewed in the off season. We won't put them into this segment, but we will mention who is going to be up on contract at the end of this one. Let's start with the goaltenders though, because actually there's more goaltenders than there are defensemen at the NHL level. That's contracts are coming up right now, Hey-o. <laughs> but let's start with good old Louie, Louis Domingue. One game played. He's going to get another one here in the next five, but one game played this season, 40 save performance and a win at the San Jose Sharks. His contract is up at the end of the season.
0: Horwath, must sign, maybe sign, or move on from Louis Domingue. This one's actually kind of hard because he's only played one game. I would just say move on, I guess, just because we've seen one game. The backup goalie market's usually kind of okay because it's just a backup. We have a pretty good goalie system at the moment. A um, couple of prospects that have finally... One prospect has finally made their way to North America. Mm-hmm. And other another prospect down there that could be bumped up eventually... Um. I don't think Louis Domingue is going to be the answer in backup anyway. It's hard because he's only played one game. He was okay, and he was great in that game. But it's just a hard decision. I just think he just let it go because one game's not enough to get the ball rolling on an experiment. And like I said, there's always backup goalies out there. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing, and
1: I will just lean this into the Casey to Smith discussion because his contract is also going to be up. I have maybe signed for both of them because of the fact that I think you signed one of them. Does okay. Casey DeSmith Smith want the same contract that he had because he's been paid what? $1.25 million over the past two seasons on his current contract. Is that what it is? Let me pull it over yes. here on Cafron. Yeah. $1.25 million, which is not awful whenever you have enough space to sign all your forwards. But here's the thing. You're going to need the penny pinch. So if Casey DeSmith wants to stay back with the Penguins, $1 million. That's what I'm offering. If he thinks he can get more on the open market, sure, that's fine. Move on. See you later. Thank you for all your service. You've been a great backup for the past three seasons. There have been times where you haven't been, though. So you're not worth more than 1.25. You're not worth getting that 1.25, unless, of course, he gets them through the first round of the playoffs. Then Mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, that's fine. Here's the thing. You mentioned Joel Blomqvist is now in the North American game. He's now at Wilkes-Barre. He's going to get some game time. He's not going to be ready for next season at all. No, no, that's, that's not going to happen. Philip Lindbergh is not going to be re- ready for next season because he's been injured all of this season. Those are the two guys that you trust down in the AHL. So you need a backup. But do you need a number three? Not really. Because guess what? You can either go out and get a number three if you need be, or you could bring one of those guys up in a number three capacity for next season if it's just for a week or two. So I don't think you need both of Casey DeSmith or Louis DeMing. Louis DeMing, I would think, is going to be just as cheap as he is this year, which is league minimum. Sign him for a one-year deal. I really don't care. Maybe sign for both Casey DeSmith and Louis DeMing. What did you say for DeMing? Just move on from him? So what
0: do you think about Casey DeSmith? I'm on the line of moving on from both of them. I've been on the train of uh, leaving DeSmith in the dust for a long time now uh, just because in the... In the world we live in now, backup goalies do not stay with an NHL team for very long. Through the entire Crosby-Malkin era, this is... Casey DeSmith is the longest-tenured backup goalie. Mm-hmm. Now, this is it's this is a good conversation to have whenever you have a starter who can carry you through stuff. Like Tristan Jari's been able to do this year. Like Marc-Andre Fleury was able to do forever. Like Matt Murray was able to do for a couple seasons. They're able to carry you through that regular season grind. Mm-hmm. And then come playoffs, you know it's just the starter. We don't worry about who's the backup in most situations. Yeah. Thomas Vokoun comes to mind. This year comes to mind, and really both both cup runs come to mind because mm-hmm. reasons. We had two start we had two starting caliber goalies then though, there, so that was a different conversation. Yeah, this conversation though, it's just the ten years up. That's all it is with the Smith. I think it's just time for him to find a new home. Time for us to find a new backup. Period. If I'm also moving on from Louis, if. If you had to re-sign one of them, I would stick with Louis Domingue, I think. That's just me. Um, But that's because, A, he'll be cheaper, and B, uh, dismiss, just run the course. It's time for him to move on. I think he could get not a bigger contract, but maybe a
1: slightly larger one. He might be able to get 1.5 from a lower team. Like, a team that has cap space might even give him $2 million to be their backup.
0: If they have cap space and are
1: in dire need of a backup. Look at Arizona. Like they have Carol Vimelka, and he's been great this season, but they've had a rotating door behind him. So maybe if they want a little bit of stability there in a yeah. in an organization that doesn't have much, yeah. Sign sign two years, two million dollars per for Casey Smith, that's great for Arizona, but not for the Penguins. Uh, uh, no. I
0: mean, we had to find someone, but uh, I'm okay with losing to Smith for nothing. That's just me. Yeah. So let's move over to the de-
1: defense right now of the seven defensemen on the active roster currently, because technically Bullu is still not on the active roster. We won't talk about Nathan Bolyu because it's it, it, he's not he hasn't played a game and he's probably not going to play a game in the Penguins uniform before this well, contract. We keep saying that though. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Uh, the only one in their active roster that is not signed is Chris Latang. Obviously a large human being when it comes to who the Penguins are looking to re-sign. Chris Latang has been the most important defenseman on the Penguins since he really came into the league. I mean, him and Sergey Gonchar bounced back and forth until Gonchar was gone. So, realistically, Latang is a franchise player, a right-shot defenseman that is a scoring defenseman. Obviously, that usually translates to premium payments on the open market. Chris Latang currently getting paid... $7.25 million on his current deal. He's going to be 35 years old at the start of next season. What do you do with Chris Letang? When I look at Letang, I say, you know what? It would be nice to re-sign him. But looking at everybody else, you have to move on from Chris Letang.
0: Ooh. Ooh.
1: I want nothing more. I do want, you know, I I want a Stanley Cup for the Pittsburgh Penguins. But I want nothing more other than that. Than to see Letang, Malkin, and Crosby finish out their careers in Pittsburgh. And that's what Letang wants. He wants that long contract. But he also kind of wants a pay up because he deserves it. I just don't think the Penguins are in the position right now to be paying him that. So I think you move on from Chris Letang.
0: Man, don't talk me into it. Because I am with an re- <laughs> absolutely fully, he is priority number two in keeping in this, in this organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get to priority number one later. But Chris Letang, I, it is, you're right. It is hard because he's getting up there in age. He deserves the pay raise. Um, you also have to wonder how much longer he can really sustain playing damn near 60 minutes a night. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I am going to hold on to must sign just because of the homerism, the legacy, and how cool it would be to see all three of these gentlemen finish their careers here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's really the only reason. I don't have too much behind. Uh, I really don't have too much behind any other reason. It's just wanting to see this franchise have those three as a, as the staples forever. Um, it's a hard decision, but uh, I would say must sign just to keep them around. As much as I would like
1: to, again, I, I just, it's so hard. It's hard. It, it is it's hard. so hard. And I'm looking at it from a business standpoint, obviously, that and too. not as a fan because as a fan i'd be like what are you talking
0: about you need to bring chris letang back but uh as i think even as a biz from a business standpoint you you still try and bring him back just because he is still your top defenseman he can still cut it in this league yeah um again the age becomes a factor but i think if you move if you fully re-sign him it it Money-wise, it should open you up to moving on from someone else, though. That maybe still has a year, a couple years left. Yeah. Uh, A lot can still happen in this offseason. I feel like a lot should happen, but Chris Letang should be priority number two. Mm -hmm. See, I see there being a youth movement. That's a different discussion for a different day. But I
1: think that youth movement is part of the reason that I'm a little bit more okay with Chris Letang being moved on from, not to mention the fact that he is probably the second or third biggest cap hit that will be signed by the Penguins if he is re-signed. Probably the second. Probably second. Maybe even the first. You never know. But we'll yeah, get to oh that. Yeah. Uh, let's move over to the forwards, because there is a heaping bunch of them. We'll go a little bit faster through these because the discussion's not as large. Brian Boyle, must
0: sign, maybe sign, or move on. Brian Boyle, thank you for your service. It was a good run. Glad we had you. Have a nice day. Yes. I'm, yeah. I'm on the same path there. You gotta move you,
1: you gotta move on from him. He's been great, honestly. He's been and we'll talk about Penguins awards next week at the end of the regular season, he's going to get an award because I'm giving him an award. Yeah. So Brian Boyle has been just that guy for the Pittsburgh Penguins. I've appreciated everything that he has done for this team. I appreciate that he's doing it on a very low contract, but I don't think there's
0: space for him on next year's team. So I'm going to say move on. We signed him to a PTO. Yeah. Like he almost didn't make the team at the beginning of the year. I mean, it took both of our centers going down. Yeah. And then... Yeah, he's played phenomenally, but again, in reality, you shouldn't have been here in the first place. No offense, Brian Boyle, but really, I mean, but you've proven to still have something in the tank. Maybe someone else could find you, mm-hmm. give and you he's, a little home. He he's been great this season, and just for that fact, considering the fact
1: that on tonight, I was about to say on Thursday, it is Thursday tonight. If the Penguins, you know can stay healthy through this game, then on Saturday will be the first time that they have their full complement of forwards this season with four hey. games left. Like knock on wood, knock on my head, knock on everything because that would be, I mean, that's ridiculous. And that's why Brian Boyle has played so many games and that's why he's been so integral to this team. But you got to move on in my opinion when, you, when you're when you looking at the greater scheme of things. Uh, Evan Rodriguez having a career season, but it really started early and since has kind of been a travesty from his position. Evan Rodriguez must sign, maybe
0: sign or move on giant air quotes around career year correct uh uh, moving the hell on sorry (laughs) erod just again thank you for your service love what you did at the beginning of the year it got us places let's tell it like it is Mm -hmm. he wasn't totally lost in the fold throughout the season but my god man do something new uh it's time to again leave you in the dust interestingly enough I
1: think you maybe sign him. I I was about to say must sign, but you don't. Uh, no. You, you, there's no way you must sign him with so many other players that you need to add back to this roster from who's already on it. But maybe you sign him for the simple reason that you might need a little bit of a stopgap between the beginning of the season and when all of these younger guys are ready, these Pustinans that we've seen, these Bjorkfists that we've seen, these Hollanders that we've seen, if they're going to come up next year, They might need a little bit more time to marinate early on in the season. So maybe you bring him back in a depth role. But realistically, it depends on what his agent says. Because if his agent is banging on that drum, hey, he had a career season. He deserves a pay raise. It's like, no, there's a reason he went from getting paid $2 million to getting paid league minimum. And that's because he is that player. He's not a $2 million player. And if you think he's going to be one, go ahead on the open market and get that somewhere. But the Penguins cannot pay him more than league minimum if they're bringing him back. So that's why I have maybe because I don't think his agent
0: or him are going to settle for that. So for what it's worth, you mentioned the agent talk. The fact that he had this collapse in the back half of the season should pay him less. If he had that meteoric rise in the second half, you're looking at it as he's finding a new stride. Mm-hmm. He's going to continue the stride into next year. You Then he'll gain more money that way because you're paying for the future, not paying for what he's already done. You're, you paid a million dollars for him to outperform himself in the first half. You paid a million dollars for him to suck in the second half. Yeah. If it's the, it is, in contract discussions and stuff like this, it is, what have you done for me lately? Mm-hmm. And Evan Rodriguez has not done a damn thing lately, so he doesn't deserve a damn thing. Yeah. So that's why I'm also just moving on. Like, he hasn't done anything. Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah. So I think that's just where I stand. And him, him falling apart in the back half rather than the front half, helped the Penguins in contract negotiations, if you do have to take him back. Yep.
1: Let's move on to Danton Heinen. He is a restricted free agent. Everybody, of course, is a unrestricted that we've talked about up to this point. Danton Heinen, only 26 years old, making $1.1 million this year, kind of a betting on himself type deal with the Pittsburgh Penguins. But he is a restricted free agent. The Penguins do own the controlling rights to him and have, a ten- have to tender a qualifying offer to him if they don't re-sign him must sign maybe sign move on for danton heinen i have him as a must sign for the reason i mentioned earlier that uh danny shirey irving posted he's second on the team in five on five goals you need to have
0: him in an elevated role next season so i, I think you bring back danton heinen for sure i think you do too i'm with you on that he's gonna be 27 next year so he's not you know he's not old so no, he's not young no, no. but he's part he could be part of this like you want this little youth revival he can be uh an elder statesman, if you will, in that sort of youth <laughs> revival. It's yeah. um, the one that's got a little experience but can help the, the kids mm-hmm. get accustomed to the league. Again, it cannot be a huge contract, but I like I like his style. I like his play. I mean, career year and goals. Love that. Mm-hmm. So, um, sure, he's a little streaky, but I'm fully on board with Danton Heine next year.
1: All right, so that was a pretty easy one to be completely frank. Uh, let's move on to a top six guy, a guy that is currently lined up on the Penguins' top first three. <laughs> line. Yeah, top three guy. Ricard Raquel is going to be a, an unrestricted free agent. The Penguins currently on the hook for $2.46 million on the salary cap. Of course, Anaheim is currently retaining a little bit of money. What do you do with Ricard Raquel, who you would have to imagine if he continues this pace and the Penguins go on any sort of run, it's going to be because he's playing well and he's probably gonna have to ask for a little bit more money
0: not gonna lie it's kind of interesting that he is this good of a player i mean he must not have been you know shit hot when he signed his contract but he's only making 3.789 million dollars yep that's a great deal for ricardo kelp any for any team um i do believe you re-signed him by the way I am fully on the train of bring Ricard Raquel back to this organization. Let's see what he could do with a full year here. Mm-hmm. The fact that he's not making that he is not making four million dollars and in full, that gives you a little hope that he might be able to sign for not super high. I need to look at his numbers throughout the year. I mean, yeah, he's played great recently, mm-hmm. but there is something about this Penguins uh, organization that. It kicks your can a little bit and tells you you're gonna take a little less. You're still gonna get your money, but you're gonna take a little less to stick around. Mm-hmm. Um and for what it's worth in sixty-five games this year, he has thirty eight points. I'd say you re-sign him and you try and keep him at around what he's at now. Mm-hmm. Not the two million part, the three million part, the four million part, if you will.
1: Yeah.
0: Um because he's worth that. I'd say he's worth a few more years, especially playing with Crosby. You can find some real good stuff here. Mm-hmm. Especially, yeah, I was about to say, especially if he is playing on the first line with
1: Sidney Crosby. As well as he has been the last, I know it's a small sample size, only like four or five games played, but it's been really, really good. So were you on a must sign or a maybe sign with him? Oh, I'm on a must. That's a must I for like you? That. All right. Mm-hmm. So we both say you must sign Ricardo Raquel. Let's talk about somebody that was supposed to be the Penguins top six, but has since been relegated for a season that we have both bashed on him for, for a long time. Uh, you're already waving. I'm Bye. guessing you're moving on from Kasperi Captain, who will be an RFA, which means the Penguins will have to not tender a qualifying offer.
0: Here's league man, Cappy. (laughs) You don't want this? Go somewhere else.
1: Yeah, I am am of the mind that they will not tender an offer to him, and I wouldn't either. Sperry Captain, we both cut and dry. You know, he's still relatively young. Let me see. He's an RFA, so he has to be. He's 25 years old. He's 25 right now, yeah. So he's younger than Dayton Heinen. But just for what he has brought to this team this season, which is nothing, basically – especially when there was an opportunity for him to come out and really show his stuff and really show how important he is. The fact that he dropped the ball in such a monumental scale. I'm moving on from Kasperi captain because there are bigger fish to
0: fry on this roster. There are. And you know what though? He's got one more chance. He's got one more chance to change our minds. Mm -hmm. Third line in the postseason, you have your one more chance. Mm. Figure it out because he's going to play with Carter. Carter for what it's worth was resigned for two more years yep i don't know how much i agree or disagree with that one yet that's a discussion for another day but carter's gonna be around for two more years mm-hmm. because very if you are able to do literally anything in the postseason you might change our mind a little bit <clears throat> yeah but you're still not getting the money he's still not going to get the money that he's currently being paid hell no hell no like i, I, I said i would not here's... i would not offer him that hell no i would say here's a pay cut but guess what here's a contract for you i'm still on the train of moving on but he has one more chance he's got one more chance and it has to be quite literally do anything Mm -hmm. on the ice in the postseason i'll take that 3.2 million dollars in cap space and i'll take it elsewhere thank you absolutely
1: for sure but yes speaking of bigger fish to fry brian rust (laughs) is an unrestricted free agent obviously brian rust is one of the biggest and most important pieces to the Pittsburgh Penguins. He gets lumped in with Evgeny Malkin and Chris Letang for a very good reason. Only being paid $3.5 million, he's going to get a pay raise. Yes. So what do you do? Must sign, maybe sign, or move on from Brian Rust. Two-time Stanley Cup champion, Brian Rust.
0: This one's so hard. This one's really hard because at the beginning of the year, I would have said, everyone enjoy the trip. This is it for him. At the beginning of the year, I probably would have held on to that. Mm-hmm. Last year, he's going to explode, score a ton of goals, probably probably earn more money than 3.5. And then he did that. <laughs> and then he did that and is now uh, making you really wonder what you can do with Brian Russ because, sure, you want to keep him around forever. Uh, he is soon, very soon, in like the coming weeks, going to be on the wrong side of 30. Mm-hmm. So you don't have a ton of... You have a lot, but you don't have a ton left in the tank. He's been streaky his whole career. We've always talked about, hey, he's scoring at a great pace, and then you get Kasperi at levels of nothing. Mm -hmm. At least he's able to make assists. I don't... This one's so hard. I don't want to say move on, but I'm going to stick at a maybe, just because the train doesn't have a lot left in the tank to start with. It's going to be on the wrong side of 30 come May 11th mid postseason, mm-hmm. uh, It's just a hard one to really... Plus, he's injury-prone. Like, my guy's uh, maxed out at 72 games in a single season. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It is a hard decision. I don't know how... He's gonna get a pay raise, that's for damn sure. Oh, 100%. Yeah, but I think it's only a maybe. Just because there's only so much you can do. Mm-hmm. And we have bigger fish to fry i am all about resigning raquel because a is a little younger b he's playing at a new pace he's also a new face it's fun seeing new faces around mm-hmm. it's weird whenever you make trades and it's just for rentals um i'm just gonna stick at a maybe for brian rust because it's such a difficult decision and you want to have that money free for people if you really need it
1: so brian rust the renaissance for Brian Rust really started in 2019-20. He was a solid yes. player. He is a great playoff performer, which is going to go into the negotiation the fact that he is a, is he has scored massive goals in the Stanley Cup runs for the Pittsburgh Penguins back in 2017 and 2016. Last uh sorry, 2019-20, in 55 games played, 27 goals, 56 points. Last season in 56 games played, 22 goals, 42 points, and this year, career high in points at 58 in 55 games played. With 24 goals as well. He's going to command over $6 million.
0: Oh, we can't touch that. At
1: least over $6 million. He is 30. I understand he'll be on the wrong side of 30. But this is his cash out year. Especially considering he took a discount on his last contract. And has lived up to every single penny of it. I love Brian Rust. I'm moving on from Brian Rust. You have so much So much more that you need to do than give Brian Rust six, six and a half million dollars. He probably would command around what Jake Gensel is getting, which is six million dollars. And to me, Jake Gensel is far and away more integral to this team, more important to this team than Brian Rust, which is why Rust doesn't already have that contract. So I'm moving on from Brian Rust because you need flexibility and this is a business and there's going to be some difficult decisions to make this summer for Ron Hexall. I think that's one of them. Rust is gone
0: yeah it's it's hard losing him for nothing it is I think that's kind of where I sit on it because you would hope to if you had to lose Brian Rust you would hope to regain something Mm -hmm. have something coming back even if it's just a draft pick yeah you know know, uh, magic beans you never know I think that's kind of why I sit on the maybe I do see but like I said at the beginning of the season I would have said everyone enjoy the last ride enjoy his last ride here and then he had the meteoric season and i went oh oh okay a lot of people on twitter say figure it out figure it out you got to keep him around which that's where i am also falling like you do want to see what can happen here but at the same time this is a business you cannot have the same team year in and year out also that because that means your system's not going to change uh you're not going to be as competitive because teams are going to figure you out you gotta switch something around somewhere, um, and filing out Brian Rust and filling him in with a youth movement player—that's a change of a system that keeps opponents on their toes. It's a new—you gotta—you have to change systems, and you can—you can't fully do that when it's the same lineup in and out. Yep. So. I'm on a maybe still. It's just because he does play such a great game with us. Mm -hmm. It's just hard to keep around that much money. Mm -hmm.
1: And here's the thing. When I look at, and and this is, again, this is a larger conversation. When I look at what happened to the Blackhawks, when I look at what happened to the Kings, a large part of it was the second-tier players that they were like, we got to hold on to. Nick Jalmerson in Chicago. Patrick Sharp for a long time in Chicago. And then he was brought back. Brandon Saad sent away, brought back. Again, same money. That's the issue. You've got to be able to move on from these guys. And I know it's tough. I know there's an attachment, especially, listen, Brian Russ was drafted and brought up through this organization. Yeah. And he is a success story. And he is a success story for the Pittsburgh Penguins. And that is something to take pride in. But sometimes you just have to open the door for something else and a different formula. And for the Pittsburgh Penguins, after this season, if they don't go for that different formula, they're going to have the same fate as the Blackhawks, as the Kings, where there's going to be a sharp decline and the last couple seasons of Crosby Malkin might be hideous. That's what you don't want. So I think this is the off season. We've, We've been pinpointing it for a while that you need to figure something else out. There's going to be some tough business. And I think Brian Rust is part of that. Let's finish off this segment. I'll talk about, of course, the minor leaguers that are up, but we won't get into that too much. Evgeny Malkin, Clearly, I've said move on from Rust and Letang. I'm clearly paving the way for Evgeny Malkin to return. The biggest thing for the Pittsburgh Penguins has always been center depth. The most expensive position to pay for in the forward lineup is center depth as well, especially in the top two. You have Crosby locked up for four. You have Jeff Carter locked up for two more after this one. Sorry, Crosby for three more after this one. And you have Teddy Bluger signed on for another year after this one. You finish it up by signing Malkin. He's already came out and said he wants to take a pay cut to stay in Pittsburgh. So you do that, you get some more cap space, and
0: you fill in the wings as necessary. Yeah, absolutely. That's priority number one. Doesn't matter how much he wants. Yep. Evgeny Malkin staying here is priority number one. Like, I put Latang priority number two. I think I slide Raquel as priority number three, by the way. Um, and then Rust. But, yeah, Evgeny Malkin, this, this – this isn't a super long discussion unless you are one of the people commenting about jersey patches uh it is a you re-sign Malkin because yeah. we, just like Lemieux has said before he watched Lemieux has watched Yager leave you think he's gonna watch Malkin leave hell no hell no you think Crosby's gonna let that happen not exactly Crosby might understand it's a business and has to do what it do what it takes to win but Evgeny Malkin is what is, A, good for business, and B, good for winning. Mm-hmm. Look at that win-win situation. Especially if he's ready to take a pay cut. Win, win, win. Mm-hmm. Three for three. He's made his money, as Evgeny Malkin would say. Yeah. As Evgeny Malkin has already said, I'm already a pretty rich man. Yep. <laughs> um, all right, call his bluff and say, all right, here's $5 million. Yeah. I mean, definitely call his bluff first, and then negotiations can continue after that. But... Yeah, priority number one, you re-sign him, you get him back in this in the city, and uh, you don't lose him. Like I said, Area Lemieux has watched Yager walk. Mm-hmm. I mean, financial troubles forced it, but still. I think Lemieux has probably thought there was definitely a way we could have kept Yager around. Mm-hmm. Even with the financial troubles, You could have figured something out. Mm-hmm. But even without financial troubles, you're not watching your number three all-time player leave. Yeah.
1: And here's the thing as well, and you mentioned it. He's still a good player. He's mm-hmm. coming off of a major reconstructive knee surgery. 37 points in 37 games played. Imagine him now. I understand he's getting older. It's not going to get any better. But when he's still at a point of game, you got to keep bringing him back. So yeah. you re-sign Evgeny Malkin. You bring him back because that's just what you do. That's not even a question. And I don't think that's a question in Ron Hextall's mind. Imagine... Evgeny Malkin, who's been playing on a $9.5 million contract forever and Ever on men. Imagine him at $7 million. Imagine him at six and a half. I don't know if that's what he would take. It's Yeah, it's hard to imagine what he'd take. But you have to imagine if he's saying, I'll take a pay cut. It's not going to be, hey, we're going to go from 9.5 to
0: 8.7. Like yeah, he's,
1: and- he's not going to be like, yeah, hey, you can sign a league men player now. Like, if he's taking a pay cut, it's to help the team. It's because he wants to keep winning. And again, I mentioned, you don't want to be like the Blackhawks. These guys don't want to be like the Blackhawks. They don't want to go through this. They don't want to go through what the Kings have gone through. These guys care about the Penguins as an organization. He's going to sit there and say, you know what? The best thing to do, Kane and Taves didn't do it. They both maxed out $10 million plus contracts. The thing to do is to take less money. Malkin has been the number one guy for a long time. That's what he wanted to be in the pay raise. Because he, in the back of his mind, he knew, hey, listen, I'm not going to be the number one center. He wanted those other times where it's like, yeah, I'm number one. I'm getting paid the most. I'm the last guy out on the ice. He's been that for so long. And at this point, you have to think he's looking at it and saying, you know what? I love Sid. I love Pittsburgh. It's the only place I've ever played. Let's continue. Listen, let's finish this off the right way and be competitive until we're both done. Absolutely. And, you,
0: and hockey contracts are weird that he could probably get a, uh, a cap hit pay cut. And still make a yeah. pretty good amount of money. There's ways that it works out. I forget how exactly I think it does. It's signing bonus. He's currently making five million dollars on a signing bonus. That's what I was looking at Yeah. while you were talking there. He's currently making for the past two seasons five million on a signing bonus, and the other four point five has come through base salary. Mm-hmm. So I don't know anything about how that works. <laughs> yeah, but there is a way that he can still make a boatload of money mm-hmm. and not count as much against the cap. Yeah. So. That's something for an agent and a general manager and president of Hockey Ops to figure out. Not us, but that's the numbers that are in front of us. So that concludes our first
1: full segment of must sign, maybe sign, move on. If you have to go back and listen to it, listen, we'll we'll get out a graphic at some point that has all of these selections. We will also be having this segment once again, probably as soon as the playoffs are over because a lot can change in a playoff season. People can make money. People can lose money in the Stanley Cup postseason. So we'll talk about that. One last thing before we cut and then have a tranc- truncated uh, shout outs and call out segment. The minor leaguers that are up, I said there's a handful of them. Alex Nylander will be an RFA, of course, recently acquired Alex Nylander. Michael Chaput, who was signed last offseason, is going to be a UFA. Casper Bjorkfest will be a restricted free agent. So will Jordy Bellarive. Anthony Angelo will be an unrestricted free agent. And then on the backside down there in Wilkes-Barre, Yuso an unrestricted free agent. Expect him to be gone. Cameron Lee, and RFA. Pio Joseph, and RFA. Nicholas Almari, and RFA. Will Riley, restricted free agent. Taylor Fadun, and unrestricted. And then one goaltender, Alex DeOrio, will be a restricted free agent. Those are all the minor leaguers that's
0: contracts will be up after this season. That's fun. I, minor leaguers, are, there's almost always a bunch that are up. Uh, when it comes down to it, I would say you figure out how to get Cam Lee, P.O. Joseph. And bring and back yeah, Alex ne- Oh, Definitely Alex Nylander. I was just reading through the defense first. And it's not even figuring out a way. It's just telling it's them not, here's not the same contract again. Yeah. Because yeah. um, these are all guys that I think definitely have futures here. Alex Nylander is an NHL caliber player. Yeah, I think he really can be. That's part of a youth revival that you want to see. He's only 24. Um, yeah, I think soon enough. Drew O'Connor's got a contract that slides into next season, by the way. So I think we have a good amount of faith in him. This youth revival next year could be fun. Drew O'Connor's going to be part of it. Alex Nylander should be part of it. Pio Joseph could be part of it.
1: There's going to be a lot of battles in training camp next year. Yes. For professional spots. Yes. And that's without even mentioning... You know, if they clear out any cap space, who they sign. Because they could bring in another middle six guy or bottom six guy that will compete for a third-line spot. You never know. Obviously, it's going to be a long time. There's a lot to be had and a lot of games to be played between now and then, five regular season games. And, of course, the Pittsburgh Penguins will be in the postseason starting on May the 2nd, by the way. I messed that up in the last episode because uh TNT is... Advertising May the 5th because that's when they will first be televising a game but nonetheless May the 2nd on a Monday will be the start of the Stanley Cup playoffs we're going to take a quick break when we return shout outs and call outs
0: hockey fights lifestyle and tales from a first round draft bust we have it all and more on the hockey podcast network your home for boutique hockey content and podcasts covering every team in the NHL
1: Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg Podcast, brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network, as well as DraftKings. Make sure you use promo code THPN at the DraftKings Sportsbook app for great odds and even better opportunities. We're going to have a truncated shout-outs and call-outs because we're already over an hour here. Uh, we knew 3Ms uh, usually go as long, so we should have expected this. I don't have very much on my shout-outs or my call-outs. Uh, yeah, short sure too. Yeah, my shout-outs AEW was in Pittsburgh. On Wednesday evening, Najee, Harrison, Pratt, Friermuth brought out with uh, Pittsburgh native Britt Baker. I just, uh, I love it whenever you know. We saw the great moment where Ben Roethlisberger went out with DX. I know this isn't quite that level, but uh, Najee and Big Moth of all players, I love it. Having some you know, fun in the off season.
0: It, it may not be at that level, but it might be more entertaining because you know what WWE is. I mean, they had a good Mania, but they are kind of a trash heap otherwise. Mm-hmm and AEW's taken over and by the way it is not Pittsburgh it is Britsburg get it right oh, apparently. Apologize. also did, did you see the shirt by the way that she was that they're selling for her no after oh it's sick there's uh, hockey sticks out. involved in it it's you got to take a look at it um, i think the shirts are cheaper from AEW too, than WWE so probably everyone get behind that and it's always fun when local natives uh not the band but when <laughs> but when uh when locals in wrestling especially for some reason roll around to pittsburgh mm-hmm. we saw how t- pittsburgh twitter blew up with pat mcafee at mania yeah and then when Britt baker dmd comes back for uh the pittsburgh aew show there's terrible towels everywhere it was oh, only yeah. appropriate that Naj and pat were there and that's called making good product I like wwe yeah it, it ate, or, uh, wwe rolled through pittsburgh for the raw before mania the whole time i'm like give me pat mcafee didn't happen. Yeah. Doing something right at AEW, so fun stuff. Love it. Um and I also want to shout out uh we're just gonna keep rolling along as you have more to say. No. I want to shout out uh Marshawn Lynch for (laughs) becoming minority owner of the uh and him and uh, I think it was Macklemore Macklemore was the other one. Which oh, okay. Uh becoming minority owners of the Seattle Kraken. The Seattle Kraken has not had much going for them this year. Uh, But now they can lean back on Marshawn Lynch being (laughs) a minority owner. Kind of like the Penguins have LeBron James. You know what? I just thought about
1: it, honestly. Sorry to derail you, but if Marshawn Lynch is a part owner there, their jersey sponsor has to be Skittles.
0: Oh, let's go. Let's go. (laughs) Can you imagine that
1: with that jersey as well? That would be perfect.
0: That'd be fun. That'd be fun. (laughs) Skittles are – I think he's done, like, a Lays commercial since then. Yes. Um, But – Marshawn Lynch, uh, not even just becoming part owner, did you see the video of him just whipping a uh, Zamboni? Oh, yeah. That's the the part I enjoyed. Uh, Have fun in hockey, guys. Come on. Let the jersey patches go. (laughs) Let them uh, do donuts with a Starbucks Zamboni. By the way, did you you realize there are ads on the Zambonis, too? Like... Everywhere you look, there's advertising. Why not one small patch on a jersey? All right, we're done here. Um, But yes, big shouts to Marshawn Lynch. And you know what? Throw Macklemore in there. Good to see you still trying to be relevant. Real quick story about
1: Marshawn Lynch, and I don't know if I've ever told you this. Uh, After my senior year in high school, me and a couple buddies went on a cross-country road trip. And part of that, when we were in California, we went to LA, and we went to see a taping of the Conan O'Brien show. And in that show, Marshawn Lynch... Jumped into a giant kiddie pool of Skittles. So, yes, I am all in with the Marshawn Lynch and Skittles and Seattle Kraken thing. Also, something else they have going for him. I should have shouted him out. I didn't even think about it. Shout out to Matty Beneers. Right, back up there after the Michigan season ended, and he's already making an impact. He's already making it more exciting up there in Seattle. They got a great player, Matty Beniers, and Now they got a great minority owner in both Macklemore and in Marshawn Lynch.
0: Yeah, and I, I knew about your cross-country trip, did not know you saw Conan taping with Marshawn Lynch, so that's a ton of fun. Yes, it was him and
1: Evangeline Lilly from uh, what's Ant-Man, the Ant-Man series.
0: Ah, so nice.
1: It was nice, yeah. It was a it was a fun experience there, especially considering it was free. But uh, let's move over to call-outs. I'm calling out whoever set up and then took and then edited the Penguin's team photo.
0: Cool, me too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
1: okay, so many
0: things wrong with it, I'll let you start. <laughs> Did you have to take it from a mile away? Yeah, I don't understand that. We had to get the entire uh, On Ice logo just so these mouth breathers of fans commenting on a patch can remember. We do still care about the logo. (laughs) I'm not going to give this patch thing up for this episode, but yeah, why so far away? I
1: think I know why now. Like I thought about it, and it's one of the other reasons that I hate it is because it looks like 90% of them are photoshopped.
0: Their, their heads are all down. There's some
1: of them that are 100% that Photoshop. Look at Brian Burke. His tie was tied, for I've, Christ's sake.
0: The the Burke one, I've seen that photo before. Literally, oh, I've seen yeah. that photo before. I'm pretty before. sure it's like, his TSN photo anytime he goes on TSN. <laughs> Phenomenal stuff. Like, I get, like, sometimes you're going to get Photoshop. I had a baseball team photo once where one of my teammates forgot his hat. You're going to have little Photoshop things. Mm-hmm. In every team photo. But
1: it looked like everybody. Like, it looked like most of the players were photoshopped. And I was like, the players should be there. They're practicing the same day. They were all yeah. there. It's, I thought it was so just, and again, it's a mile away. <laughs> I think that might be why. That's, that's what I was thinking. I was like, maybe it's so far away to try to hide the fact that so many of them are photoshopped in. But why? I don't, uh, I just. either couldn't. photoshopped in or photoshopped because they couldn't get a picture where everybody looked good. Which, listen, come on now. Did you notice that the guy on the far right, right behind Casey DeSmith, Smith is so much smaller and detached from the rest of the photo? Like if you haven't seen the photo, go look at it. It's on the penguin social media page and it's also on our page at iceberg podcast, but the guy on the far right in the suit is detached from it. And then also just looks smaller than everybody else. You would have to imagine because the bench isn't there that he had to have been standing if he was there. So, he's either a very small human being or he was completely photoshopped into this picture.
0: This is so wild. Like, first of all, it's just hard to look at because it's, again, a mile away. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, I just, I don't know. I don't know. Again, it's always fun seeing team photos, and I don't hate it. Also, look at Dayton Heinen up in the
1: upper left. That is 100% his headshot for the NHL season this year. hundred percent as somebody who has used that headshot for graphics all year, there is no way that man looked identical to the way he did on media day.
0: I'm trying to pull up. Oh, the, I can't even pull up the hockey references. Headshot is still him from last year. Yeah. Um, I just, I, the Ron Hextall one. Also the, he looks like worked up. Yeah. Like, like,
1: and the worst one is the one next to Brian Burke. Like that one. I don't remember who it is.
0: Oh, that's a small head
1: It's clearly, clearly not in there in person i want to know who the stand-ins were like was michelle crikiolo did they have her put her hair in a bun and she just like sat down or did they have like somebody like josh yoey sitting there J- jesse marshall is just randomly there as a stand-in that would be that would make it funny but like realistically it's just not a good photo
0: i just yeah it's brutal i i don't know though like the, I, I think the fact that they took it from a mile away hurts i but think also, that's why they took could... it from a mile away because so many people weren't there But it'd be easier to Photoshop closer, wouldn't it?
1: Yeah, but it'd be less obvious if you took it from further away. That's why I think they did it. But
0: But then then there's still people like
1: me who zoom in and we're like, wait a minute, this is off. Because I do Photoshop a lot.
0: Then they need to find a new uh, graphics designer. I don't know. (laughs) Either that or just. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's just weird. It really is just weird. It's the stuff
1: that we talk about when there hasn't been a game in four days. Yeah, it's just a little
0: unsettling. I don't know. I'm trying to scroll through Twitter to see if there's anything new happening. I don't think so. uh, Still, just I I don't know, do better. I guess Mm -hmm. I got nothing for you on that. Just what was that? It was weird, certainly. But that's gonna do it for this episode
1: of the tip of the iceberg podcast. Penguins play three games between now and our next recording, so vast difference compared to what we had working with us in this one. But we hope everybody enjoyed our 3M segment. We'll be back with a second version of that after the Penguin season. And we do have three games in the next four days. Malkin will be back on Saturday. Penguins Bruins tonight. Massive implications for the playoff seeding. But nonetheless, that is it for this one. We'll see you guys next week. Have a great weekend, Pence fans. You can follow us on Twitter at Nick horwat 41 and at Nick You can also follow the show's Twitter handle at Iceberg Podcast. This podcast can be found anywhere you get your podcast from so please subscribe and rate us on apple podcasts we are brought to you by the hockey podcast network you can visit them on twitter at hockey or at the hockey podcast network.com every team everywhere